0: Last time on Tales of the
1: Voidfarer.
0: And I'm going to pull out the wispy strand of energy. Is a spell called encode thoughts. So
2: you found one. Is this your doing? It's a prank.
3: You feel the sending stone in your pocket grow warm. Salutations, Luckbeak Humble. I think a test is in order. All right. There is a fight coming up next week at the block and tackle. I need you to ensure that a particular fighter comes out on top. I think I got to say I'm out. I think it's in both of our interests. If I use the carrot here instead of the stick. What is that supposed to mean? A former business associate of mine and a good friend, if I'm being honest, was also named Luckbeak Humble. I'll fix your fight. That's what I thought. You are squared off against Lester, longsword, augmented with psionic energy.
2: Fuck! I win.
3: Holy shit, you could have killed me.
2: I didn't, though.
3: Yeah, because this was a sparring match. You know, I heard the block and tackle is looking for more fighters. Mm. you are standing outside of the block and tackle tavern in the mooring ward of Nadir Anchorage. You see, it is a, Huge ship of the line, this massive man o' war ship that it looks like it has crashed straight out of the sky to land in the middle of this plaza type area in the mooring ward of Nadir Anchorage. And hanging above the door from two actual block and tackle pulley systems is just a sign that just simply says fight. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> right to the point. <laughs>
3: It is like kind of the middle of the afternoon right now. You are here specifically to check the fighting roster, because if you recall, you were given a task by your new friend, the Suzerain.
1: It's all I've been thinking about. Yes, I remember.
3: (laughs) Yes. Specifically, he has asked you to fix a fight to ensure that the fighter Zanril Thinleaf wins. And that fight is only now about three or four days away.
1: Okay. Is the roster anywhere obvious on the wall? You're still outside as you approach. You don't see any
3: sort of like, you know, marquee or anything like that. No, no fight posters. Right. You know, like where all the fighters are like oiled up and there's lens flares everywhere. Like it's a UFC bout. There's none of that. This looks like just a large... Seedier looking tavern. And when you walk in, um, it's kind of dimly lit. You actually see that the very large bar room is mostly empty since it's early in the day still. And the other thing you notice is the fighting ring that's in the middle of this large space. It's kind of built on a platform that's about four or five feet tall, it's octagonal ish. Definitely, looks like it was hobbled together with salvaged timbers and stuff they can find. It actually looks like it has seven sides, almost like they were trying to make an octagon, but they forgot one. Okay. And there are masts that have been placed kind of evenly spaced around this ring that go up and fasten to the ceiling. As you look up, you see that the upper decks of the ship have been cut away and they kind of create two tiers of like a balcony that almost wraps around this cargo hold and there's tables and chairs up there as well as around the fight ring as well. And it almost gives it like a spider web type appearance of these tangled cargo nets that are strung between these masts and the ceiling and edge of the ring, almost giving it a little bit of like a cage type feel. There is a woman behind the bar. She's on the taller side, probably about Like 5'10", darker complexion, and she has her hair pulled back in tight braids tied behind her head. I'm wearing a sleeveless tunic, and she looks pretty ripped herself. She looks like she could fuck you up. (laughs) So she's there cleaning glasses and arranging bottles and stuff. And you see down on the end of the bar is a deep gnome, a snurf neblin (laughs) <laughs> with some ledgers open in front of him and he has like a sack of coins there and it looks like he's kind of going over some of his notes and uh counting out some coins. The woman kind of immediately looks up to you.
1: "What can I get, yeah?" "Oh, uh, you know, I was just here to uh uh check out the uh the upcoming fights. Do you uh do you happen to have some sort of uh uh, uh information about who's going to be fighting?" "Oh," You want to talk to, uh, Wargug.
3: Wargug. The Snurf Neblin, this little, like, blue-skinned gnome, kind of sits up and goes, Huh! Oh, yes.
1: Questions about the fight?
3: Come come on down, come on down.
1: Alrighty. already? Uh, this is, uh, is this your place, sir? It is. Well, let me tell you, it's positively good. This place makes the gilded lily look like the wilted flower it's beautiful in here um listen i was curious do you have any information about the fights coming up i've had my eye on uh on a couple specific fights but i need to know uh the odds uh, so i was kind of curious who was facing who this week uh sure here's the roster of fights and he takes out a piece of
3: parchment spins it around and slides it over to you if you're looking to make any wagers you'll talk to me about that as well
1: oh sure of course of course um who's fighting my dude you look down the list,
3: and the first bout on the list, uh, you see the name Wilfira Nightberry versus Krunar. You see Brennus Swiftcrag versus Ignis Sunspark. You see Clanks versus Byrel Clitiff. You see Xanrel Thinleaf versus Ravness.
1: Oh. Oh,
3: boy. <laughs> and then the last entry says Lieutenant Barnaby Swain, champion versus, and it's blank.
1: Okay. Um uh all right. Perfect. Now, is there a can I is it possible to make a just a copy of this? I have a, I have a notebook here. Can I just write down a few things?
3: Have at it. It's common knowledge for most of the people who frequent here.
1: Fantastic.
3: Although everyone's kind of waiting for somebody to uh, challenge the champion, but no one seems to have stepped up yet. Sure, absolutely. It'll never be too late to to sign up, though. If anybody has the balls, even night of.
1: Boy, I really feel like you're trying to bait me, but there's no way in hell I'm going to fight the champion.
3: <laughs> <laughs> he he goes. <laughs> the champion would squish you.
1: Uh, yeah, I suppose he would. Um. All right. Well. Well. Thank you. I'm. I'm just gonna. Uh, I'm going to take the book uh, maybe down bar a little bit and open a little notebook that I have, and uh, I'm going to act like I'm writing some stuff down.
3: So the roster was on a separate sheet. It's not the actual book. He doesn't let you get anywhere near his book.
1: Right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, th- this is... Uh... Oh, your your book. Yes, yeah, my book, my book, my book, yeah. Um, But I am going to uh, erase and switch Ravnus and Clank's positions uh, on his l- ledger. Ooh.
0: Crafty.
1: I don't know, I, I would feel bad fucking around with Ravnus, but I don't feel bad fucking around with Clank. <laughs>
2: yeah, I was about to say, we also know Clank.
1: <laughs> oh, we do? Don't we? Clank's was
3: the Warforged that you first met on the Stoic Gondolier.
1: Fuck, I only picked his name because the other ones you pulled out of a, a, a boggle container, and I couldn't remember any of them. <laughs> uh, Alright, I'm switching her with Ignis. Ignis. Don't okay. test me on the last name. <laughs> Sunspark. There it is. <laughs> it was really easy. Yes, it was. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Ravenous for Ignis. I don't want to have to fuck with anybody that I know. Okay. Uh, make a slide of hand check. Sure. Okay. That's a 17. 17. Okay. Yeah. He, both him
3: and the bartender are like, they're not ignoring you, but at the same time, they're not really super paying attention and you, you're pretty confident that you mm-hmm. can get away with that uh, pretty easily and you slide the, the sheet back to him, I presume.
1: Yes, absolutely. I say, uh, thank you so much. Uh, all right, I think I'm uh, I'm prepared to uh to make my bets. I just have to go to the bank and get some money out. Thank you.
3: Well, then I suppose we'll see uh the fight night. Hey, all right. Oh, wait, wait one moment. Uh huh. You you don't think I would have noticed when the record didn't match my original in my book, did you?
1: Um, I'm sorry, I don't. What do you mean? This sheet was a copy of what I have in my book. Yeah, Wait, what? And I open up my book, and I'm like, oh, for the love of, I did, you'll have to excuse me. You see, I have a condition. I accidentally, see, I, I mixed it up in my, I thought I was erasing in my book, but I was erasing on your paper, wasn't I? God. Make oh. deception check. <laughs> <laughs> Uh-oh. Oh, that's not terrible. Uh, Fourteen. Okay,
3: he, he kind of eyes you, and uh, he nods, but you're not sure if he's bought it or not. Well, should you return on fight night, I would suggest that you refrain from any symptoms of your condition, or you might
1: have to have a word with Hrolk. Whoa, I hear that guy's incredible. <laughs> uh, all right, uh, you won't have any, any trouble from, from me, I promise.
3: I better not.
1: Uh, and then I'm, I'm getting out of there, I suppose, feeling uh-huh. feeling beaten down. All right. <laughs> Ravness, it is. Uh, I'm going to, uh, to head back to where we're staying, I guess.
3: OK. Ravness, where are you at right now? You would have known that Robin got you signed up to take place in this fight that's happening in a couple days. So where is Ravnus right now?
2: Um, I would imagine she's just sort of uh, practicing. So, quick clarification question. Uh, Mm -hmm. During this fight, are weapons allowed or is it just like a fist fight? Oh, okay. Yes, it
3: is your full capabilities. It's weapons, ranged weapons, magic, anything. Now, the caveat is that if any of the crowd gets injured in any way, the offender is immediately disqualified and fined. Mm.
2: Okay. Noted. So, uh, I would imagine then, are there any, like, training dummies around? Um,
3: not really, but it wouldn't be hard to, like, fashion something you could use, like a training dummy. Robin and Lester will offer to help you like that. You know, having been your sparring partners, they've kind of taken on the de facto role of your your trainers. My
2: my managers, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) My WWE managers, okay, yeah.
3: So do you want to be doing this at the ship uh, in Voidfarer Cove or I, I guess the Kenjori's Cradle? Um, where do you want to like, be set up to train?
2: Yeah, probably uh, Voidfarer Cove, I would imagine. she It's okay. some, something inanimate that she is beating with her sword. Uh, and there's, you know, the purple psionic flames coming out of it as she does.
3: So Voidfarer Cove is like a small ramshackle village that was specifically developed to house those that are maybe not direct members of the ship's crew, but are there to help service the ship. There's a little blacksmith shop. There's a little, you know, makeshift tavern, but it's kind of BYOB, you know, Mm, but it's a little place where like there's tables and chairs set up and like a fire pit and a place where the crew can hang out if they don't want to stay on the ship, but don't want to walk all the way up to Kendori's Cradle. So there's, there's enough of an area there where you, you, Lester and Robin could have fashioned together some training dummies from some ship planks and burlap sacks and some rope.
2: Awesome. So that's what she's doing. She's just uh, beating the hell out of it with her sword. Yeah. So, Luckbeak, you find
3: Ravnus doing that. She's exhibiting some pretty ferocious competence with her new abilities. You see her sword now wreathed in this purple psionic flame. Ugh. As she's just beating this dummy.
1: She could have waited to level up.
2: All right. Um, uh, Ravnus. Uh, she stops and turns around. What?
1: Oh, Hey, uh, I'm just admiring your, your, your skills. Uh, what's that new move you got? What do you mean?
2: I'm just hitting it with my sword.
1: Yeah, uh, okay. It just looks like you're 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 much better at it than than you used to be. I've oh, never mind. Hey, is it true? I was just placing some wages down at the Block and Tackle. Are you fighting in one of the fights at the Block and Tackle? Yes. What uh, listen. I know we haven't been very close lately. We're not confined to the void fair and you know, I feel like we used to be so tight. Now we're not, but what happened? Why are you fighting?
2: What happened with us, or why am I fighting? No, I actually don't care what happened with us. Why are you fighting at the block and tackle? Because they suggested it, and I could win. Wow. I mean, I I never took
1: you to be a sheep, but oh, that's interesting. Okay, all right. Um, what are you winning? What's the prize?
2: What is the prize, Nicholas? <laughs> There's a purse
1: for all of the winning bouts.
3: There's a cash prize. Gold.
1: Go. Oh, I see. Did they say how much gold? I don't know. Gold. God, ra- ravenous, Here's the thing. I'm. I'm just. You know. Someday we're gonna have to take off again. And the thing is, I'm. Well, I'm worried about you. So, uh, tell you what. I mean, Nadir Anchorage. This place is kind of a a backwater ragtag. Uh, let me. I open up my coin purse. If I give you. 50 gold. Just promise me you won't fight. That's probably more than the purse is going to be anyway.
2: Why would you give me 50 gold to not fight?
1: Because I'm worried. This is my Ravness insurance. I'm taking out an insurance policy.
2: <laughs> I don't understand.
1: Ravness. <laughs> I'm concerned.
2: I'm afraid you're going to get
1: hurt. So I'm offering you more gold than you'd get from winning to just not fight at all. Is this about the old gith? N- no. I literally forgot about that until this very moment. (laughs) Um, No, this isn't about, I mean, if I say yes, will you, yeah, it's about the old gith. I just, you're the secret of the gith uh, prophecy and Ravnus, you can't, you know, people die in these things all the time, right?
2: I know people die, but I don't think I'm going to die here.
1: You know, I had an uncle once, Spock Bailey Fjordland.
2: Now, this guy,
1: just cream of the crop. He was just such a stand-up guy. Every day he worked so hard. He was a carpenter. And uh, one day he woke up and he kissed his family goodbye, his two precious young children. He said, goodbye, family. Today I'm going to go make us some more money and certainly not die. You know what he did? He died a nail hit him right through the head Uh, I don't know how Windstorm Freak Windstorm picked it up Uh, but you know we never think we're gonna die Ravnus
2: that's the whole idea maybe you don't Ravnus do you know
1: when you're every time I talk to you I feel like there's a whole different part of you I'm uncovering that is equally terrifying do you know when you're gonna die
2: no but I'd rather die doing something exciting
1: okay dying in a backwater fine Ravnus that's fine. Uh, you are more than welcome to to take this fight, but you know I'm gonna be hedging my bets for you, cause I just I wouldn't be able to take it if you died.
2: Well, why would you bet for me if you think I'm going to die? No, I
1: I don't. I'm not gonna bet on on you dying because that's that's just too horrible of a thought for me to stomach, Ravness. I just I wish you'd reconsider, but I understand you're very you you you've you've got a a, a head on your shoulders that cannot be spun. That's fine.
2: You weren't this worried about the Beholder? No, because the or beholder, anything else. beholder
1: wasn't my friend, and we weren't that close back then, but god damn it, Ravnus. <laughs> Just being around you for <laughs> so long,
2: I... Oh, I've, I'm. I've, the other fighter's your friend?
1: No. Now, I've never been in the situation where <laughs> I've been out-talked, <laughs> but god... <laughs> I, I think I've lost the thread here, Ravnus. You know what? I will just meet you, meet you on the, uh, I'll meet you later. I, I, I got to go. I got to go think about this and, and and pray for you, Ravness. All right. I, I walk away.
3: Luck, because you're walking away, Lester and Robin are coming the other direction and the carrying between them is another one of these like practice dummies. Yeah. And Lester is looking up and seeing Ravness is still standing there next to the first one. He goes, oh, Robin was almost sure you would have destroyed that one before we had this one out to you. Lainey just finished it. And Robin goes,
1: "Well, that's what happened to the last three.
2: <laughs>
1: I think uh, Luckbeak tugs at his imaginary collar. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I didn't finish training because Luckbeak thinks I'm going to die.
3: <laughs> Robin's gonna say, "Well, of course you're not going to die. I've seen what you can do now these these cool abilities that you learned from that crystal." And Lester goes, "Yeah, and they have clerics there anyway. Nobody, nobody's really nobody has died in in." Months. Well,
1: tell him
2: that.
3: Nobody's died in months. In months. <laughs> he says, certainly do you like me?
1: Uh, Wow, that's definitely reassuring. <laughs> a whole... How many months? A month and a half, two months? I don't know. I asked, and they said months. Okay, cool. Well, that's just fantastic.
2: <laughs> Ravnus, you hear this? Months? Why do you think I'm going to die? Because, You've seen me Rav- in battle.
1: I know I've seen you in battle. I just... I get worried because... I, I mean, in battle... Uh uh there's there's rules to war, but no, this, there's not okay, listen, Ravness <laughs> I just I, I don't I don't feel comfortable. I got a bad feeling, right? I had a dream the other night. And in this dream you were fighting at the block and tackle and you were killed. All right. Out with it. I've said it. <laughs> <laughs> it felt prophetic.
2: Ravness is just going to stare at him and she's gonna make an insight check. <laughs> okay. <laughs>
3: Go ahead. And uh, Luckbeak,
1: go ahead and make a deception for me. Yeah, got you. That is a
2: 17 for Raphness.
1: That's a 28 for Luckbeak.
2: <laughs> oh.
3: Luckbeak is just as hard to read as ever. <laughs> He's definitely acting weird, but you can't really peg down how or why.
2: Oof, She is going to say, I'll think about it.
3: Ron Howard's voice. She did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Uh, hey, Marco, can I borrow 50 gold?
0: <laughs> I think Marco, as he is sitting there, like, studying, probably Condor's cradle, will just be like, I'm sorry, what?
1: Mm, 50 gold. The money? Currency? Uh,
0: what, what do you, what do you need it for?
1: I, uh, got myself in over my head, and, uh, I mean, the fewer questions asked, the better, but, uh. I mean,
0: are you going to pay me back? Yes. Can I
1: insight check him?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 15. Yeah. Here's I mean, the
1: thing is, I don't even know if I'm telling the truth. <laughs> I think I am. I think I am. Okay. I think I am.
0: Uh, all right. Uh, he pulls up 50 gold. Um,
1: oh, Marco, you're a lifesaver, my friend.
0: Next salvage, you pay me back, okay?
1: I I owe you. Yeah, for sure. Uh,
0: Lucky, be- are you okay? I'm worried about you. <laughs>
1: Well, I, I, man, we're all worried about each other. I wonder if Ravnus is worried about you. Wouldn't that just be a perfect service? No, I'm fine. Thank you for asking. I just, you know, there's lots of gambling to be done in this town.
0: Oh, okay. Uh, don't get carried away now. You know, gambling well, okay. addiction's a problem. It's a thing. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, I was going to go, like as close to the fight as I could cut it, maybe the night beforehand, maybe an hour beforehand, depending on how often Ravnus kept her weapons on her, which I assume is actually most of the time. Um, Mm -hmm. And I was going to uh, uh, chip just a tiny, tiny chip off of her sword. All right. Um, Yeah, go ahead. uh, Just
3: go ahead and make a stealth check for me right now. Sure. And then Ravnus, make a perception check.
1: uh,
2: Or actually, what's Ravnus' passive? Would it be my passive? My passive is 12.
1: My stealth is not good. Oh, Jesus. Three. Oh. <laughs> Ravnus, mm, it's Jesus. the night before the fight.
3: And mm-hmm. are you staying in the Kindori's Cradle or are you staying aboard the ship in your normal quarters, which is the the large, like, shared crew quarters?
2: Yeah, she's staying on the ship.
3: Okay. You are in your hammock. It's actually there's only maybe like maybe four or five other crew members sleeping here, and you've all spread out because a lot of the crew have gone up and gotten rooms at Kendori's Cradle or elsewhere in Deer Anchorage. And suddenly there is a clang, and uh, you wake up and see Luckbeak standing there next to your hammock and your sword on the ground. He just seemingly dropped it, and I imagine he is cursing. <laughs>
2: She is going to jump out of her hammock and tackle him. <laughs>
3: <sighs> I guess opposed athletics checks. Um, right. I, I think I have an inkling on how it's going to go. <laughs> yeah.
0: I have yeah. money on a certain individual.
3: Uh, well, actually, it would be uh, athletics for Ravness. Uh, Luckbeak, you can use athletics, but you can use acrobatics if you prefer. Plus
1: one as opposed to plus zero. <laughs> <laughs> Five.
2: Eighteen. Eighteen. Yeah,
3: yeah. You has a penguin, Ravnus.
2: <laughs> um, she probably looks more a pirate of Gith than you have ever seen her. Mm. Um, she looks a little, you know, not like the the more stoic Ravnus that you are used to. Mm. And uh, through gritted teeth, what are you doing? Uh, I-
1: I thought if I took your weapon I had another dream last night, Ravness. And I thought I thought if I took your weapon that that maybe you just would give it up. Maybe you'd take that as a sign from above. No one touches my sword. Oh okay. I, I didn't know. I'm I'm sorry. I I'm so you you gotta understand I'm desperate here.
2: Why do you care so much? Because you're gonna die, Ravness. You don't even like me that much. Why do you care so much? Ravness, I
1: I I I don't not like you. Ravnus, you're my friend. I care about you. And, and, and more than that, c- come on, you, you can't say that you're not curious about the shared history between us. Something with me and you and Marco. I mean, how anticlimactic would it be if if, if we just never figured that out?
2: Ravnus will let go of Luckbeak and take her sword, and she lays back down in her hammock and she says you didn't even like my prank. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Oof. Brought that one back. <laughs> I,
1: I, I was just, I was jealous, Ravnus. <laughs> I was jealous I could never think of something that good. You out-pranked me, okay? It was, it was amazing. It was great. I just, I'm, you're better than me. That's why I was upset.
2: She's insight-checking the hell out of that one. <laughs> I think that she is already inclined to not believe him. Yeah, of course. (laughs) All right, that's a 16. 19. Holy shit.
1: You don't believe him.
2: She runs a hand through her hair, and uh, she just tosses it on the ground towards him and goes, fine, I won't fight.
3: So, Luckbeak, you see her pull out this wispy, like, bluish strand that you've seen her do before and tosses it at you.
1: Oh, really? Uh, really? You don't want me to? No. Uh hey, uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh but you're making a you're making a wise choice here, Ravenous. This is this is good. Good, good, good. Uh is this should I should I open this present now or should I wait for an occasion?
2: Leave me alone. I walk out without
1: a sound. <laughs> yes ma'am. <laughs> I don't feel like having to lie anymore. Uh but when I get back to my room I will uh examine the memory.
3: Yeah, so you're basically using your one-day casting of detect thoughts. Yep, yep, um yep. and Ravens what what's in the memory?
2: So I will uh ask you Nick how complex this could be because my original thought is that it's a little bit of a montage, but if that's like too much, I can scale so, it
3: back. Uh, the the description of the spell is pretty vague. I will let you do that. Um, it is specifically a memory, a thought, or an idea. It doesn't need to be a literal memory. You could like you know think of a montage in your head and then record that onto a strand. I think that's reasonable. So yeah, you could you can absolutely do that.
2: When Luckbeak plays it, it's a montage of memories from Ravnus' point of view. And uh, it's all Luckbeak. And it's all times when Luckbeak was like clearly making fun of her, like, you know, not or like not liking her. And of course, it ends with the whole incident with the um, memory threads.
1: Alright, Ravnus. You also didn't know if it was good poetry until you asked Marco. Boy, every conversation with you is just a joy, Ravnus. Ugh. Wait, did you just say that's funny and not laugh, Ravnus? We really have to work on your social skills. I'm sorry, are you talking about Koo? He's not a Githian king. No, I I know that. I just wondered if you knew that. Ugh. Talking to you is constant joy.
2: It's possible.
1: Yeah, I suppose that ask a stupid question, get a stupid answer. Anything's possible, you're right. It's not a stupid answer. Okay. We're coming. Ravnus had to almost simulate human emotion for a second. I couldn't say simulate get Yankee emotion, because I'm not sure that's a thing. it so. feels bad.
2: See, I do know what jokes are. Oh, okay. What, did you make one, or...? You always say I don't understand humor.
1: Yeah, that trend continues to be true. I mean, we could all use psionics in the same way that, I don't know, a donkey can count. He can stomp his heel a few times, but, I mean, you can't really do magic. Oh, my consequences have actions. Wait, (laughs) wait,
3: wait, wait. Other way around. (laughs) (laughs) My consequences have actions. Saker
0: 2020. I, I really can't wait for the three of us to get back together and Marco have no idea what's going on. <laughs> no,
1: for real.
2: Marco just doesn't even notice. <laughs> uh, it's, everything's fine.
0: Eating breakfast, humming, just how's it going, everybody?
3: <laughs> so Luckbeak is in his quarters feeling bad. Marco. Yes. It's been a busy month for you, for you doing a lot of your own research. You've been spending some time at the Seeker's Enclave for Cratorian research. And you've also been looking for other passengers that were on the Stoic Gondolier. You've been able to find a couple. Um, you spoke to the Fluke Gadgets at their shop over in the Sutler Ward. Nothing really weird about them. So obviously you've been working with Rodix for a while and nothing strange about him either. But the three that you were looking for that you have not been able to find hide nor hair of for this month has been Sir Braddock Forthright, the knight that you met on the Stoic Gondolier, and his companion Silence of Starlight, the Tabaxi, and Zillin Shade Thicket, the Gnome Bard. You've made a point to go ask around. And on this particular morning, your search has taken you down to the docks, and you are talking to a dock worker at the moment. Oh yeah, um, actually, I think they just came back from a salvagers, uh, salvagers guild operation that had them uh, away for quite a bit. Um, well, they'll be up at the guild hall by now filing all of their uh, their papers, I would suppose, but. Oh. If, uh, if their past habits are to be believed, they'll probably be at the Block and Tackle tonight. Uh, the big one, Braddock, is a fan of the establishment.
0: Oh, fantastic. Block and Tackle, right? All right.
3: Yes, I, I believe there's an event going on there this evening. Of what kind of event? Uh, uh, they, they do fights. It's, it's a fighting tavern.
0: Oh, that sounds like the least appealing thing on this planet. Uh either way, yeah, Marco's gonna pull out a gold piece
3: and hand it to him and says, Thank you so much. You have no idea how helpful that you are right now. Oh, oh thank you. Any any time. Um he kinda holds up the gold piece, his eyes super wide, and he like quickly looks around and tucks it inside of his shirt.
0: Uh Marco kinda gives him a look and says, Listen, um, any other useful information about that trio or anything you might find, uh, you know, interesting for a potential salvager or a Cratorian scholar, you'll give me, um, you'll let me know, right?
3: Uh, uh yes, yes, of course. Um, um, uh, uh, where can I find you? Oh, um, Kandori's Cradle. Well, if I see anything like that, I will be sure to let you know. Yeah, stop
0: in. I'll be in from time to time.
3: Just depends. But if you see me there, you know, give me some info. Certainly. And he says that as he kind of like holds up the gold coin again.
0: Marco walks away with a feeling of confidence that he just did like the pirate's life, so to speak, by getting in <laughs> <a> contact. <laughs>
3: All right. So, Ravnus, you have told Luckbeak you're not going to fight. It's like afternoon now, the day that the fight was going to be. What are you doing?
2: She is laying low. <laughs> she, uh, she's mm-hmm. not, uh, she's probably not going to address it if she doesn't have to. And she's going to uh, avoid it and probably avoid it in the cruise quarters.
3: Okay, you're you're in your bunk. Yeah, okay. You're there, just kind of minding your own business and the door opens and Robin's there, and you can see Lester in her wake. She goes,
2: what are you doing? You have to you have to get ready for the fight. I'm not fighting.
3: You're, you're, you're not fighting. No. Do you plan on paying the the forfeiture fee?
2: What is it?
3: 500 gold. <laughs> they don't fuck around at the block and tackle.
2: Go ask Luckbeak about it.
3: <laughs> and and if you don't show up, they will send their enforcers. That Prolk guy is not to be fucked with, I assure you.
2: She sighs very deeply and gets up and kind of like grabs her shit. Where's Luckbeak? Uh,
3: where is Luckbeak? Uh,
1: Luckbeak is at the block and tackle. I think just like waiting for Ravnus to not show up. <laughs> He's like <laughs> kind of on pin the needles okay. yeah. hoping that she doesn't. Yeah yeah
3: so luckbeak it's still like early in the night people are already there but they're kind of like trickling in the fights don't start for another hour or so um there are actually a lot of the members of the Voidfarer here already there's scuttlebutt and Jack Odyssey is there there is brohane uh Lainey is there as well um and a lot of a lot of the other like you know riggers and the sure. like
1: coot 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 <laughs>
3: a lot of the gunners, like Orman's there.
2: Cute.
3: Meryl and Melinda will definitely be there. Right. And uh, Lillian is there as well. And they've already pushed together a good handful of tables to create like the void Fair table. Sure. And you're just kind of hanging out. Rabnis, you, Lester, and Robin ask around, and you run into Kensley Duskfort, the young dwarf deckhand. Oh, uh, Luckbeak! I think he went to the block and tackle already with uh, a bunch of the other crew. She goes straight there. Now, Marco, would you already be at the block and tackle? Because since a bunch of the crew had already—oh, um, yeah, um, I would have. I would have gone with the crew. Okay. So yeah, Luckbeak, you're hanging out. The place is filling up. You see a lot of people here that definitely are members of the Salvagers Guild, but none of them seem to be really paying anyone else much mind. You you definitely get the distinct impression that this place is pretty popular with the guild because they can get a little bit more rowdy here than the guild hall allows up the hill. You see, Gug is actually at a table where he seems to be already accepting wagers on the knight's fights. Okay. And standing behind him is this huge seven foot broad shouldered bugbear that you imagine is Hrolk. Sure. And there are two others that seem to be standing near each other near the ring. One is a tall, slender human in what are unmistakably wizard robes, but they're very thin and sleek, elegant robes, impeccably kept this dark burgundy color. And she has a brooch that has a swooping owl with nine stars around it. And standing next to her is this jolly looking plump male halfling in bright yellow vestments. And Luckbeak, you see he's wearing around his neck a holy symbol of joaquin gotcha you see those two definitely are standing up near the ring in some official capacity but you're not quite sure who they are or or what they are um marco the woman standing there catches your eye because you recognize the brooch on her robes the swooping owl with nine stars that is the 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 symbol of the seekers but you have not seen this person in your time at the seekers enclave
0: all right i'm gonna make a mental note of that
3: all right, so the the bar begins getting more and more packed. Um, eventually, Ravness, Robin, and Lester arrive. You guys get in. It's a little bit more crowded, so you kind of scan things. Lester and Robin standing behind you, Ravness. Uh You hear Lester kind of nudge Robin and nod towards the bar. He goes, ha, huh, look who's working. And Robin goes, shut the fuck up.
2: Oh. <laughs> Saucy. Um, Ravnus makes a beeline for uh, Luckbeak.
3: Luckbeak, are you sitting at the Voidfarer table?
1: Yeah, uh, maybe I, uh, yeah, I I don't know if I noticed Ravnus come in or not. Uh, If she's making a beeline towards me, I suppose. So uh, you do not notice Ravnus come in. However, as
3: Ravnus, you approach the table, the crew sees you approach and they stand and they go, oh, there she is! All excited that you have finally arrived for your fight. And that's what gets your attention,
1: Luckbeak. Yeah, I pale immediately, as much as a black and white person can pale. (laughs)
0: Um, Nick, do you mind if I make an insight check on that? Uh, insight check on Luckbeak? An insight check on Ravness's murderous intent if she was
3: walking <laughs> over here, if she, like, clearly yeah. had something wrong.
2: Yeah, her eyes have not, like, gone away from Luckbeak.
3: I I, I don't think there's an insight check required here. Okay. That she is very intently pissed at Luckbeak <laughs> for some reason.
2: Uh, now close to Luckbeak, she says, what am I worth to you?
1: Uh, Ravness, what are you doing here?
2: What is my life worth to you? Uh, I,
1: I, uh, 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 uh in, 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 priceless,
3: Mastercard.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> and then she will point to the scary person who's going to presumably break <laughs> her kneecaps if she doesn't fight, and she says, "Then pay him five hundred gold." Wait, wait. <sighs> okay. Uh, why? That's how much it costs to not fight. Oh. Okay. All right. All right. I can figure this out. I got it. I got it. I got it. Um, can I have a
1: time? What's going on here? Uh, Ma- Marco, it's just, it's not a, a thing. It's, don't worry about it. We're all going to be real entertained.
2: Luckbeak I'm- says he's having dreams that I'll die if I fight. Um,
0: I, I'm i just going to sit back on that one. <laughs> <laughs> Marco interjects himself and then just quietly backs away. <laughs> He's just like, "Oh, this is this is way more than I thought it was." I'm just gonna.
2: <laughs> it seems like it's between you two.
0: <laughs> yeah, that was kind of his. Uh, his
2: uh... Uh. I'm going over to Haralk
1: and uh, uh, the Smurf. Is that what you called him? <laughs> he's a, he's
3: a deep gnome, uh, which is the the race is called Snurf Neblin.
1: Yeah, I believe that's what I said. He's small and blue, so that's why when you said small and blue, I was like, oh my god, they didn't even. <laughs> All right, uh, so uh, I'm going to go over to them. I'm gonna say, uh, oh hey there, um, uh, good to see you again. One second, hold on.
3: All right, thank you. There's your. Ticket, and he hands uh, like a betting ticket off to somebody. And uh, there's people crowded
1: around this table placing bets already.
3: What can I do for you?
1: Uh, uh, well, um, my friend over there, and uh, he points back to the Void Voidfarer table at Ravenous, and he says, uh, "She doesn't want to come tell you herself, but she's very, very, she's sick. And if she fights tonight, it's not gonna be. It's gonna be a blowout. So, you know what? If it's all the same to you." I'm going to go ahead and take her place tonight.
0: Ooh. Oh, that is a poor decision.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck.
1: I, I, Nick, there are clerics on hand, right? That was you a, saw a cleric of Joaquin.
2: <laughs> I literally almost did a spit take on my computer.
3: <laughs> um. Oh, fuck. He goes, hmm, she does look a little yellow. The rules are—they're clear, you know. She—if she's—if she's forfeiting, she has to pay a five hundred gold forfeiture fee. But once she's forfeited, the slot is open, and you're more than welcome to step up if you're so inclined. But he kind of like looks you up and down, It's like, okay. Right. <laughs> Look, the rules are the rules, buddy.
1: Forfeiture fee? I, there's no. I'm taking her place. There's no. There's not going to be a forfeiture fee because I'm I'm here. I, I'm I'm ready to fight. Are you on the roster already? Well. <sighs> This is so weird. My name is also Ravnus. So, yeah, I guess technically (laughs) I am. I somehow don't believe that.
3: You don't? Well, I... Now, I'm telling you, the champion still doesn't have a contender if you really wanted to step up. No, I don't
1: want to fight the champion. Look, if you want to fight, there's a
3: slot open already. (laughs) But if she doesn't want to fight, there's a forfeiture fee.
1: (sighs) All right. What... How much is the forfeiture fee? Five hundred sons or gold it.
3: pieces, wherever you're from. Where? Uh,
1: okay. Um. So I'm going to Jesus. I'm going to pull out my shift weave tunic and say, "How how how much how much are not
3: wearing your shift weave tunic?
1: Oh shit! Yeah, I because guess I, you,
3: you did sell your regular clothes.
1: That's true. Then I I gesture to the shift weave tunic that's on me and I say, A "Magical clothes. Uh, how much are they worth? they change and uh and I I show him I shift from my regular clothes to the ringleader outfit. <laughs> <laughs>
3: mm, very impressive. Uh, look, I'm not an expert in these things. I would have to take it to get appraised and before I did that, I wouldn't be able I couldn't in good conscience accept it as payment. It's just merely smart business.
1: You're really not going to let me fight in her place, are you?
3: Look, I said that if she is willing to pay the 500 gold pieces to forfeit, then you're more than willing to fight in her place. We don't
1: have 500 gold pieces. Come on. Then I
3: guess she's fighting. (laughs) Oh. Fine.
1: (laughs) Uh, I march back to the table.
3: <laughs> I I really wanted that to work, but there wasn't a good enough argument to convince him that
2: my my name is yeah. also
1: Ravnus. It's the perfect argument. I'm Spartacus.
2: I was half expecting him to pull out an ID with Ravnus's name on it. <laughs> <laughs> just this I was, I was just
1: thinking, like, do we have ID? Like, how's he going to prove that I'm not Ravnus? <laughs> But, yeah, it's fine. I'm sure she signed up in person, so that kind of makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, uh, I head back to the table visibly uh, just fucking grumpy. Well, um, Ravnus, you know, uh, your life is, is is priceless to me, but God damn it, there's nothing we can do. 500 gold pieces, we don't have it, so uh, I guess you're going to have to fight. I, I guess.
3: She's going to have to fight!
1: And the table
3: cheats.
1: (laughs) Marco sits
0: in his chair, perplexed and confused.
2: (laughs) Ravnus says to Lechbeek, then I guess this is goodbye. Oh,
1: God. (laughs) You've done this to her. I know I have. Although, to be honest, maybe I'm I'm inceptioning the fact that she's going to lose into her mind. Fuck, I'm good at this game. All right. Wait, hold on. Is
0: So she's actually going to die if she fights?
2: Oh, probably. Mar- Marco, I, I don't
1: know. I'm no seer, but but yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, Ravnus, you're definitely going to lose. So just, just. I don't know. At that point, Luckbeak, you see
3: there is a Doar kind of looking at you from the door.
1: Uh, okay, do I recognize
3: the door? Yeah, it is flopwaddle macaroni.
1: <laughs> okay, all right. <laughs>
3: The stocky doar kind of catches your eye, and like with this flipper, kind of like beckons you over to the door.
1: Uh, okay. I put my flipper up to my face and rub it a few times, <laughs> thinking what else could go wrong today. And then I waddle over to the door.
3: You go over to the door, and you see that Flop Waddle is accompanied by his brother Dipslide. Hell yeah! And he reaches into his little satchel and pulls out a little bag. The boss said we should deliver this. Yeah, we delivered it. Says the other one. <laughs> uh, uh, all right. They hand it to you. I peer inside. Uh, it is the potion you bought, you ordered. Oh, good, a good, few good, 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 good days
1: ago. So you now have that. Perfect. I, oh, uh, macaroni brothers, I can't thank you enough. Thank you. The boss thanks you for your business. <laughs> and they uh. turn
3: around and kind of like in unison waddle away down the street. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I I keep picturing them as the the twins from from Breaking Bad wearing like matching silver suits for some reason I don't know. Mm-hmm. All right, <laughs> cool, got it, thank you. So yeah, you head back in, and and at this point Val
3: has actually shown up the Voidfarer table now a couple drinks in already, kind of cheer and stuff, and she gets a drink herself and will sit down next to Brohane, kind of at like one of the corners of this mishmash of tables that the crew has pushed together and you see Wurghug get up in the ring. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for our first fight. First to the ring, we have Wilfria Nightberry. He gestures over to this tiny little halfling. She's kind of wearing just simple leather armor, and she has a rapier on her belt, and she kind of smirks to the crowd and waves. And returning, still undefeated, Krunar. Jumping up to the ring and weaving his way through the, the cargo netting, you see this, like, six and a half foot tall half orc, um, completely shirtless with just scars all over his body, and he is holding a huge double-sided axe. Alrighty, you know the rules. Anything goes, but if anyone outside of this ring gets hurt, you're disqualified and have to pay the forfeiture fee. And he gets out of the ring and just says, fight. And they just go at it. And this halfling is super, super fast. Like his big, slow swings of his axe uh, can't quite connect. And she continues to dance around him, like landing little cuts here or there with her dagger in one hand and her rapier in the other. The Voidfarer crew are cheering on, as is everyone else around, as this huge bar room has now filled. And people are up on the balconies around too, just cheering them on. Luckbeak, you know that Ravness's fight is next. Okay. It is the second fight on the docket.
2: Can Ravnus do a thing?
3: Yes, absolutely.
2: Okay. In my head, she's sitting by Marco. Mm-hmm. So she is going to go into her bag and uh, hand him a folded up piece of cloth, a fairly large cloth, um, kind of like in a fold it into a triangle, and, uh, she's going to say, um, hold on to this. Um, okay. why? Just hold on to it until after the fight.
0: Oh, okay, um, Gravness, listen, um, do you really want to die for a bar fight?
2: What other options do we have? Good question, but I mean,
0: <sighs> all right, all right, I guess, uh, do what you gotta
3: do. Marco, when you're saying that to Ravnus, you see Braddock, Silence, and Zillin walk in and take a seat at a booth in the corner, kind of slightly around the ring from where the Voidfarer is at.
0: Ah, oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I, am, I am torn between things now. <laughs> oh, shit.
3: Uh, it looks like this fight might continue for a little while.
0: Okay, um, Marco is going to pocket the cloth. Kind of, like, stand up, like, not really sure what's going on, got hit with a lot of knowledge. But he is going to just confidently approach Zillin, um, Starlight, and Braddock.
3: Okay. Yeah, as you approach, uh, Silence is actually saying, You see, Braddock, it has only just started. We did not miss much. A barmaid is, is kind of putting tankards on their table. And you approach, and Braddock is getting ready to say something back to Silence, and then sees you approach and stops, and he goes... You look vaguely familiar. Have we met before?
0: Yes, you could say that we we met once before. Uh, Mr. Braddock, forthright, correct?
3: Sir Braddock, forthright. It's very important.
0: I was knighted. <laughs> um, Marco's gonna blink really long just to hide him rolling his eyes at him. Um, <laughs> and he's gonna say,
3: "So, we met a little while back, but oh yeah, you were that guy that was on the on the ship." That was a minute ago, wasn't it? Zillin says, kind of eyeing you as well. Yes. Oh yes, I thought you looked familiar. Yes, you're. were in can. that fray with that beast of an ogre.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's uh what was going on there. Listen, um I never
3: caught your name looking over at the gnome. Oh, well, how very rude of me. I'm Zillin Shade Thicket. Best bard on this goddamn shipwreck i guess whatever i'm used to saying rock it's not applicable here never mind
0: you could have said crot ba- oh whatever um regardless um how have you been it's been a while and we didn't end on the best
3: of terms yes i seem to recall uh you were threatening to blow us all up so i guess fine
0: listen i'm here to bury the hatchet so to speak Mm. It was, uh, you know, a long trip, and we were all a little stir-crazy. You know how these things go. Perhaps. So, how about this? He, uh, he drops, like, a couple of silver on the table. I'll get us a couple of rounds to, uh, make amends.
3: Look, I'm more than capable of paying for my own rounds. Yeah, buddy, you've been standing here sharpening a sword for a while, but I've yet to see a point. Get on with it. Oh, so,
0: uh, all right, well, how about this? So me and my friends from that trip had a, uh, shall we say an interesting thing occur to us, and I was curious whether or not the same thing happened to the three of you.
3: Okay, what kind of thing? Silence kind of sits forward in her chair, uh, her eyes get super wide. Yes, I am super curious to see what strange thing occurs.
0: Well, first thing, I'm going to try to transfer, like, one HP to Silence and see if it works. It doesn't. But you okay.
3: kind of like look at her a second too long and she cocks her head slightly and shifts her weight back a little bit from you. Mm-hmm. And it looks at Braddock and goes, I think he's taken with me. And she bats her eyes at you.
0: <laughs> oh,
3: that is... uh <laughs> It's like Marco's going to like
0: kind of just be like, oh, I am not here for that. Um <laughs> He's kind of like, listen, <laughs> do you all have a potential psychic link that allows you to... <laughs> Transfer your life force between the three of you.
2: That is very specific. (laughs) Yeah. 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 All day long.
3: Transfer all kinds of vitality left and right. Do it with our eyes closed. Naturally. Who can't do that? (laughs) This guy. (laughs) (laughs) And the three of them kind of laugh. And Braddock says, that is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. Are you sure? You are all there, and he gestures kind of in a circular motion next to his head. Tell me, we have been working for the Salvagers Guild, but it just occurred to me that you never arrived at the Guild Hall. Now tell me why that is. What have you been doing for these several weeks? Um, Besides losing your marbles, it seems.
0: Marco kind of like rolls his eyes and just says like under his breath, I mean, might be ridiculous, but it's not like going by sir in this day and age. he just is like I'm sorry what was that oh sorry I was uh, lost in thought um you know we all have our secrets and uh it seems like uh our conversation has run its course and he kind of like taps the table I hope you all enjoy the blood sport and starts to walk back towards the voidfarer crew
3: they kind of watch you return back to your table all right, Luckbeak, well, Marco went off to talk to them. This fight is going on, and you know that Ravness' fight is next. This halfling is actually holding her own pretty well against the half-orc, and in fact, the tide seemed to turn slightly, and she seems to be getting more licks in than he is. Mm-hmm. Just moving blazingly fast, and the crowd is super into it. So you know that you have the duration of this fight, basically, to do any last preparations for Ravness' fight.
1: Yep. Um. Let's see. I don't know if there's anything else that I specifically want to do here. No, I I think I'm, I mean I, I have one idea left and hopefully it'll work and if it doesn't then we'll figure it out. Okay. So
3: yeah, you're just watching this fight, and this halfling does this massive feint and drives her rapier into the shoulder of this half-orc, who cries out in pain, and she pulls it out and dodges around and strikes slashes across his back again, and he drops to his knees and drops his axe, and then suddenly there's a huge tonal shift as he just crawls to the edge of the, the ring, the side where Wargug is standing. Please, 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 I, I call it, I please, I'm calling it I, I throw in the towel please please and it's hard to hear over the noise but you see worka goes 500 gold pieces what what i'm in the middle of the fight and this halfling leaps onto his back and drives her rapier into the, his fleshy back right between the shoulder blades and he lets out this ah! and just passes out and the crowd goes nuts and you see the little halfling that's in the, the priest robes jump up and immediately touch the the half work and you see the, his wounds heal, and he probably kind of rolls back over and begins getting up.
1: Okay, this is very scary. <laughs>
3: everyone nick irisiva here your favorite dungeon master of this podcast this is the second episode of chapter three of tales of the voidfarer so we are still only just starting to get into things if you're liking what you're hearing be sure to give us a rating and review on itunes and your other podcast repositories of choice words cannot express how helpful this is to bringing new people to the show also, be sure to hit us up on social media, at Podcast on Facebook and Instagram, and at VoidFairPod on Twitter. We have just announced an upcoming project of ours, a new tabletop RPG actual play called Fables Around the Table. It will be an anthology series where each season is a self-contained story with different RPG systems and a rotation of game masters and players. The first season, titled Curse, premieres on June 19th. We are playing the newly kickstarted RPG The Curse of the House of Rookwood by Nerdy Pup Games. For more information on the development of that project, be sure to follow at Table Fables Podcast on Facebook and Insta and Table Fables Pod on Twitter. We have Voidfarer merch! Put Marco, Ravnus, and Luckbeak on your body with a Threat Analysis shirt, be your basic self with our basic Gith shirt, or even just boldly go with our logo on your chest. All available now in the Project Derailed Redbubble shop at bit.ly slash derailed shop. As always, special thanks to Tom Goldthwaite for our theme song and other original music, with additional music provided by purple-planet.com. If you have a podcast, like all of us cool people, and want to promote it on social media, Wave is a great way to do that. Convert any audio clip into attractive, professional-looking video perfect for promotion on your Facebooks and Twitters and the like. Upload artwork, add an audio file, add a waveform, and it can even generate captions. If you use our affiliate link, bit.ly slash wavefarer with two Vs, and sign up with a plan, you will also be supporting the show. And for that, we thank you. Check out that link in the show notes. Anyway, we have about to get back to, so let's jump back in. So they clear the ring, and you see this little deep gnome get up into the ring again and goes, Alright, that was a hell of a fight, wasn't it? Our next fight! New up and comer, Zenril Thinleaf, versus in her rookie bout, Ravness! He says it like there should be a last name, but he just kinda gestures like <laughs> in a like a shrug. And you see this. Kind of lithe-looking half elf. He's he's probably only about the same height as Ravnus, uh, and he is he is skinny, and he is holding like a buckler that's shaped like a leaf and a rapier.
2: Aww.
1: <laughs> he's gonna get his ass kicked.
3: And he gets up, and he, he kind of like just kind of nods and smiles to the crowd, and does like a little uh, a little wave. Uh, Ravnus, uh, what do you do? I imagine you climb up into the
1: ring.
2: Yeah, she goes into the ring.
3: Sure. Luckbeak, was there anything you
2: were going to do?
1: I'm going to, uh, I'm going to palm my dust, but I'm not going to use it yet. Okay.
0: I have a slight change of plans, and this might actually work out stupidly in Saker's favor. I don't want Ravnus to die. I'm going to go to the bathroom and cast Invisibility on myself. I want to get close enough to the ring, and whenever the match starts, I'm going to cast Slow on the enemy.
1: Oh, this is not working in my
2: favor. Yeah, that's oh. the opposite. That's the opposite of what <laughs> yeah. he
1: Oh, this is perfect. I love it.
2: I love that, though.
0: But yeah, he's he's totally worried about Ravnus, so he is going to try to stop Ravnus from dying.
3: So you're able to kind of duck around a corner and cast invisibility and come back out.
0: Yeah, I'm going to get close to the, the ring itself. And if it looks like Ravnus is going to be killed, I'm going to cast Slow on him.
3: All right. So, Wargug, this little Snurf Neblin, is standing in the middle, and uh, you guys are both in the ring, and he goes, you know the rules, anything goes. If anyone outside of the ring gets hurt, the offender is disqualified with a 500-goal fine. All right, and he turns and gets out of the ring, and I need you to roll initiative, Ravniss. Marco and Luckbeak roll as well, yeah. since That's it fair. seems like you will be doing things.
0: Ooh, 20. A solid 8. A respectable 8
2: Marco is streets behind Uh, 22 She's not coming to play (laughs)
3: Look around and find out Please do not one-shot him (laughs) (laughs) All right Ravnus, you're up.
2: She is going to, uh, you know, have her, her sword up, activate her augmented strike. So as she raises her sword, it bursts into, you know, the purple psionic flames. And uh, she runs at the guy and tries to kick his ass.
3: Alrighty. Uh, as soon as the these purple flames ignite on the blade, the crowd just kind of like gets a little hushed. Like everyone's, you know, cheering and stuff as it goes. The Voidfarer table are just going, Ravniss, Ravniss, and then that happens and everyone's like oh shit uh <laughs> and then as you lunge forward the crowd swells again and go ahead and roll to attack
2: okay all right what die do i want to use i want to use this one
3: <laughs> important decisions
2: Ooh, that was almost a natural 20 but it is an 18 plus 6 is 24
3: that hits
2: all right Nine for the first attack.
3: And that includes your augmented damage?
2: Yes. Okay. My augmented damage was one.
3: Okay. Yeah, you run forward, swinging your blade that's now wreathed in this psionic energy. His eyes get a little bit wide at this, not expecting your sword to do weird shit. And as you swing, you catch him across the front of his studded leather armor, but he manages to jump backwards to avoid a brunt of the attack. But it looks like he does have a little bit of a scratch now across his armor and see a little trickle of blood.
2: That was just my first attack. Go ahead. Um, so that's not bad. That's a thirteen plus six is nineteen. That still hits. That is twelve damage.
3: Uh, ouchie. Okay. Luckbeak,
1: were you going to do anything yet? Yeah. Um. So I think uh that Luckbeak probably moved from the void fair table to like ringside, as close to ringside as he could get. Yeah. Robin and
3: Lester are up at ringside as well.
1: Right. So I'm going to uh like when Ravnus hits with, with with her attacks. I'm going to, like, mm-hmm. throw my hands up in the air in excitement. Like, yeah, but I'm I'm clearly, like, throwing the dust at Ravn Not clearly. Hopefully not clearly at all. <laughs> uh, I'm I uh-huh. I'm throwing the dust at Ravnus. All right. I'm going to say make, uh, we'll, we'll call this sleight of hand. Yeah, that sounds right.
3: Um, and I'll give you advantage okay. because you're timing this with a swell of the crowd. Because right. naturally that first hit is just, you know. Yeah.
1: So um, I will let you do that. Cool. And with advantage, that's an eight and whoo a twenty-one. There it is. Twenty-one. Oh yeah, yeah. So
3: nobody really sees you do that, and then just go ahead and make a ranged attack with your dexterity. I'll say you have proficiency as well.
1: Sure. Ranged attack, dexterity, proficiency. Uh, so that's going to be a nineteen.
3: Uh, what's your AC, Ravnus? Uh,
1: sixteen.
3: Okay, that hits. Uh, what is does Ravnus get a save now? I believe it's a con save. Okay.
1: Uh, uh, must succeed on a DC 15 con saving throw.
3: Okay, go ahead and roll Constitution.
2: Uh, that's a ten. Failed.
1: She becomes unable to breathe while sneezing, sneezing uncontrollably. A creature affected in this way is incapacitated and suffocating.
2: Achoo. (laughs) You realize Ravnus has really like girly sneezes.
1: (laughs) Adorable sneezes. Yeah. She repeats the saving throw at each of her turns.
3: Okay. So as soon as like you land that second hit, Ravnus, there's this explosion of powder around your face and it's almost like an immediate irritant in your nose and mouth and eyes. And you begin Mm -hmm. coughing and sneezing uncontrollably. Um, Kind of doubling over, unable to do anything else. All right. And then you'll get a save at the end of your next turn. Xanrel is not going to hesitate, and he is going to attack with his rapier. 20 to hit. Yep, that hits. Six piercing damage. Then he makes another attack. That's only going to be a 10, though. Uh, Oh, he gets advantage because you're incapacitated. That's still going to uh, be a 13. And then that will hit that's an 18 six more piercing damage okie dokie Okay, Marco doing anything or no
0: um yes Uh, first (laughs) off I did have the question is giving HP an action or a bonus action oh shit uh, that is
3: an action. Okay, cool.
0: Good to know. Do I see them, like, powder go into Ravnus? Do I see clear
3: fuckery about? You see there's, like, a quick explosion of powder, but you couldn't figure out where it came from. Reasonably, it could have been something this guy did.
2: Yeah, it's it's like anything goes, right? Okay. Anything goes. Yeah.
3: Um, may I make a check on that, then? Make an Arcana check. Okay. Especially because you can see the symptoms that Ravnus immediately starts exhibiting.
0: Okay, so twenty-one.
3: Yeah, you immediately recognize that as dust of sneezing and choking.
0: Dust of sneezing and choking. Okay. Um, how bad does Ravnus look right now?
3: She's like grasping at her throat and just sneezing uncontrollably. Yeah,
2: like injury-wise, she's only about a quarter of the way down.
3: Okay. Um.
0: So yeah, this is this is enough for Marco to kick into uh to like oh god uh, Ravnus is gonna die I can't have this <laughs> um he <laughs> is going. <laughs> To cast slow.
3: Okay, uh, he gets a save.
0: He gets a wisdom saving throw. DC is 15.
3: Uh, he succeeded with a oh, dirty
0: 20. Oh, yeah. All right. <laughs> yeah, nothing happens then.
1: Shit, why didn't I place a bet on this fight?
3: <laughs> Does your invisibility go away when you cast the spell? Uh I think it does. So yeah, it would. You cast the spell and you immediately pop into existence. The the person standing immediately behind you just goes, "Whoa!" <laughs> <laughs> but uh but the rest of the crowd around you doesn't seem to notice. The, even the guy behind you is just like, "Fucking magic, man." <laughs> <laughs> and doesn't really think too much about it. "Hey, buddy, keep smoking that space weed." Is that what it was? "What stuff did you give me?" And he turns <laughs> yelling off to someone else. <laughs> Ravnus, it's your turn then and you are still coughing and sneezing. You can move if you want, but moving away from him would provoke an attack of opportunity.
2: Yeah, she's not going to move away from him. She's just going to try to get rid of this. That is a math is hard. 11.
3: You're still choking and sneezing.
2: She's kind of like grasping at her throat with her free hand.
1: Luckbeak? Um, I'm going to uh,
2: yell Ravnus, w- watch out! This
1: is the moment I was dreaming about. And in doing oh, so, uh, I'm using Master of Tactics to use the Help action as a bonus action to help aid the other guy uh, in attacking.
3: Fuck! So that that just gives him the advantage. Um, he already has advantage because she's in- incapacitated. Okay.
1: Oh sure, that's true. Um, so
3: if 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 you wanted to save that um, or uh, do something else.
1: Yeah, I I mean I don't I don't think I'm going to do anything else offhand? Now, you know what I'll, ju- I'll just leave it for right now I'll leave it
3: alright so uh, Zanril is going to run up and take his first attack with advantage that's going to be a natural 20 Oop. wrecker Zanril <laughs> 12 piercing damage okay second attack with advantage uh, that's going to be a 21 yeah it hits and that's going to be 6 piercing damage and then his last attack with advantage dirty 20 so another six piercing damage. Okay. That first strike drives deep and the crowd goes, Oh! And then he pulls it out and jabs again and again. And with each jab, the crowd cheers louder and louder as it seems Zanral has found his stride, aided by the fact that you're completely <laughs> incapacitated. Mm-hmm. And, but the crowd is eating it up. Marco, you're now visible.
0: Yep. Um. I don't think the HP give is uh visible, is it?
3: Not as far as you're aware.
1: Cut it out, Marco.
0: Uh, Marco is
3: going to give 22
0: to her. (laughs) (laughs) He is down to 10 right now.
3: Marco, you focus at Ravnus and you see she's still coughing and sputtering and, and holding her throat and now bleeding. And you reach out and like in the Githanki Fortress, your vision kind of goes opaque and you kind of see the starry void like through everything. And you just see you, Ravnus in the ring and Luckbeak standing on the other side of the ring. And Luckbeak, you can see this now too. <laughs> okay. You kind of have this vision as well. And Marco, you focus on Ravness and her wounds begin to close and you begin to feel your own vitality kind of sap from you as you get a little bit more pale and luckbeak, you can see that happen. okay mm. and ravness you heal 22 uh marco you lose 20 jeez
1: yep yeah there's nothing i can do to intervene with the flow of nope. magical hp can i nope okay
3: sorry saker i can't pinch that hose you can't do anything to interrupt that got it marco make a make a perception check
0: okay that would be a 16
3: You open your eyes and your vision is now back to normal in the ring and you feel weak, you feel faint, a little lightheaded. And Marco, as you kind of look up and, you know, blink your eyes a little bit and take in your surroundings, you see that the woman who was wearing the Seeker's pendant is standing near the ring on the opposite side from where the cleric was and she's looking directly at you. And, like, she cocks an eyebrow.
0: Okay,
2: um... That's probably fine. (laughs) So with that
0: note, uh... All right, now, Marco would... Make a note of that. He is definitely going to her after Ravness is not in danger.
3: Okay. All right. Ravness, uh, you stay where you're at. Even though you were coughing and sputtering, you still had that vision and you were aware that Marco gave you hit points.
2: So even though I can't take actions, can I take bonus actions?
3: Um, hmm. That's an interesting question. Okay, uh, according to Jeremy Crawford, on June 28th, 2015, anything that deprives you of taking actions also prevents you from taking bonus actions. Thank Got you, Jeremy it. Crawford. Uh, yeah.
2: Okay. <laughs> so, no. Uh, so, she's going to just do the save again. Okay. Um, that is 10 plus 5 is 15.
3: What was the DC Saker? 15. You, nice. You stop coughing. Nice. So, yeah, you immediately stop sneezing and choking and take a couple deep breaths. And I imagine you just look up and glare at this guy in front of you and he kind of gulps. Hey, Nick, how's he looking? Uh, he, he has some scrapes, but he hasn't been hit since that first mm. round. So he definitely has has a lot of fight left in him. Yeah. So Luck week it is now your turn.
1: Um, Boy, I mean, I guess I, I'm going to use the help action now um, to give him advantage. Uh... Uh, watch out! He's he's got a uh, he's got a gun, <laughs> Dude, <laughs> To Ravnus, I just some some way to use my help action on her. Yeah.
3: Okay. Uh. That, all right. So that means Zanril still has advantage,
1: even though that Ravnus has broken out. Awesome. Man, why the fuck did I waste two hundred on a dust when I could have just done this the whole time? <laughs> 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 um. So, uh, I'm going to save my actual action for when uh, this dude looks really, truly, like, terrible. So, let me know when he's, like, bloody near death.
3: Okay. Uh, So, that is going to be an 18 to hit.
2: Uh, Yeah, that hits.
3: That's six piercing damage. Okay. A 23 to hit for six piercing damage. Mm -hmm. And then a 24 for six piercing damage.
2: All right.
3: Okay. So, it is now Marco's turn.
2: Oh shit. Um.
0: Well, shit. Um. Marco's gonna go down to one HP. Pass nine more HP over to her, and that's all he can do.
2: Wow.
1: Good (laughs) god.
2: Marco. What
1: a good boy. (laughs)
0: <laughs> uh, after he passes the 9 HP's down to 1 he is gonna sit down and get out the fucking aloe yeah.
3: <laughs> you can just like extravenously transfer aloe to Ravnus <laughs> eat aloe for a round and, and then transfer for a round <laughs> yeah. oh wow wow uh Ravnus and Luckbeak, you see again the vision occur as Marco passes even more of his life force. And you could clearly see Marco, since everything else kind of fades away, see Marco get very pale. Oh. Um, and Marco, when your vision returns, that woman is still looking at you and her eyebrow has gone from being cocked to furrowed um, as she oh. watches you just sit down.
2: My sweet boy.
0: I'm sitting down. I got the aloe in my hand and I'm eating it because, man, I'm hurting. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hurting worse than Ravnus.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you are.
0: <laughs> would using that be a bonus action? Could I heal up now, or would I have to go no, to next round?
3: It's an action. You okay. have to wait. That's fine. Right. Ravness.
2: Okay, so Ravness is back, right?
3: Uh, Ravness is back.
2: She's going to smash.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: that is a fifteen to hit. Oh, that hits. So that is sixteen for the first one.
3: God damn.
2: For her second attack, that's going to be 18. Yeah, that hits. That is going to be another seven damage. And she is going to use Action Surge to hit him again. (laughs) So because this is giving me an additional action, do I get the psychic stuff on this one?
3: Uh... I believe it's just once per turn, not once per attack action. You get your two attacks again.
2: Okay, so I'm hanging four times. Okay, that's pretty. That's pretty good. Natural twenty. Fuck!
1: God damn it! Um, ten plus six is
3: sixteen. Uh, hey, (laughs) Luckbeak. Yeah. It looks like he might only just have a handful of hit points left after that one. <laughs>
1: uh, okay, I have to.
2: Yeah. So does this happen after Robinus finishes her action?
3: It would be a reaction, so it happens immediately.
2: Okay. Lucky.
1: Oh, oh! I thought you meant her action happens immediately. No, no, no. Your, your uh, reaction. Yeah. You're using so your reaction to yep, use your yep. held
3: action, which happens immediately on the trigger of he looks like he's on death's door.
1: Um, I, I mutter to myself. Um, well, they said anything goes. And I kind of like maybe tuck it under my the tunic that I have. But I'm taking my crossbow and I'm shooting Ravnus in the heel <laughs> with my crossbow. It's if the crowd gets hurt, it's a DQ. But if the crowd hurts you, nothing <laughs> uh, happens. That,
3: you get the impression that that may be super not allowed. It's just so obvious they don't need to say it. But, yeah, uh, sure. but if you're willing to risk it.
1: Yeah, I'll feign ignorance. Nobody told me. What do you mean? Okay. Uh, so sl- do I roll sleight of hand or attack uh, first? What do you want me to roll? Uh,
3: I'm going to say uh, this is going to be more of a stealth check than a sleight of hand check. Oh, sure. Sure, sure. Oh, great. Okay, so roll that first. Yeah, roll that first. Okay. Five. Five. Okay. Uh, and then go ahead and roll to
1: hit. Mm-hmm. Natural one. <laughs> 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 oh no.
3: He
2: just kills the, the other guy. It's <laughs> very possible.
3: Okay. Um I did not explain the rules for ranged combat in these fights because no one was using ranged combat in the fight, but I think <laughs> they'll apply here, so I'll fill you in now. So, using a ranged attack in this fight, if it misses, it has a 50% chance of hitting a bystander <laughs> unless you take disadvantage on the attack. Uh however, a natural 1 for sure hits a bystander.
2: <laughs> Marco <So> dies. <laughs>
1: roll roll damage. Luck oh, Beak. my God. Yeah, okay. Uh, well, uh, Nick, I was using my sneak attack with this, so that's an extra 3d6. Dear God. Marco
2: absolutely <laughs> dies.
3: <laughs> 15 damage. 15 damage. Ouch. All right. Okay. Holy shit. Um, I'm going to put out a couple stat blocks in front of me, and I want you to roll a d6.
1: Play Russian roulette, okay Yeah, to see who you're hitting. Uh let's do a four.
3: Four. Oh buddy. Yeah. You shoot, it whizzes past Marco and hits the dude that was right behind him.
1: <laughs> oh, no. The stoner dude. And he drops like a ton of bricks. Oh shit. Oh yeah, commoners have like three hit points. <laughs> that dude is dead dead. Oh no. No, yeah, absolutely. Commoners have
3: four hit points. Oh. Jesus. The commoner was only one of these (laughs) stat blocks, by the way.
2: (laughs) Uh,
1: fuck. Okay, well, it's not my turn, so. It hits him right in the eye. Oh, my God.
2: They had to put their days without a a death back to zero. (laughs) (laughs) Oh,
3: for real. So yeah, the people over there just kind of like gasp and then like a bunch of heads turn and look at you, Luckbeak. Oh, this is a nightmare.
2: It's still (laughs) Ravnus' action.
3: Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, Ravnus. I don't even think Ravnus notices the bolt.
2: No, I don't think she even noticed that, honestly. Yeah. Does a 15 hit? It does. Okay. So that is 10 damage.
3: How do you want to do this? <laughs>
2: oh, my God. <laughs> um, hmm. So Ravnus is aware they're not actually supposed to be killing these people, correct, right? Correct, correct, correct. Um,
3: and you know someone will rush in to heal, but you can intentionally make this a non-lethal blow just to knock them
2: Okay, down. so she can intentionally la- try to land a killing blow, but someone's going to heal it. Okay. Yeah. Um, she is going to uh, stab him through the middle and then just pull her sword out and let him fall. Yeah.
3: So there's like a a shocked like ooh in the crowd from like the crossbow bolt but then it's immediately overshadowed by this huge roar as you just drive your sword through his gut and out of his back and his eyes go wide staring into yours and you pull it out and he drops backwards flat onto his back an expanding pool of blood that's seeping into the sand that is using to coat the bottom of this pit and the cleric of Joaquin, this plump little halfling jumps up onto the ring and uh, immediately casts cure wounds on this guy and you see his Wounds close in his eyes slowly yeah. flutter.
2: just him. steps back and wipes off her sword.
3: Yeah, the snurf neblin jumps into the ring and just goes,
2: and Ravness
3: our winner. And then the crowd is cheering. The void fair crews, Ravness, Ravness, Ravness. Uh Luckbeak, you feel a very large meaty hand grab the scruff of your neck.
1: I don't even turn around. I try to wiggle out of it and rush over to the person. Go ahead and make a athletics check or uh, acrobatics. 19. I rolled a net 20. Wow.
3: Yeah. Which is probably like a solid six more than I needed to roll anyway. Yeah, right. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. You, You try to wriggle, but your flippers are kicking in the air as you've already been hoisted off the ground. And you are turned around to look into the just teeth-buried, scrunched-up face of this bugbear.
1: Stop! Put, put me down! Put me down! Put me down! We gotta help him! Actually, out of the corner, area, yeah, you
3: see that it seems to be an acolyte that's been traveling with the cleric runs up to the guy and kind of bends down in the crowd and you can't see what's going on. The bugbear isn't going to pay you any mind at all and is going to carry you to the door and just chuck you out um you take eight bludgeoning damage as you basically land on your head in the road
1: yeah uh are, are there windows in this uh ship yeah
3: there's there's like some portholes um they look like the the cannon flaps uh that used yeah. to be on the ship Uh, And some of them are propped open because you have a fuck ton of people in there. It's a little stuffy. Yeah. (laughs) So they've propped those open a little bit uh, and you can look through the window.
1: Uh, I am I'm bolting uh, to the one nearest where I think the guy would be and and scrambling up to try and peer through it to make sure that he gets up and that things are okay. Make a perception check. Eight.
3: It's hard to tell. You don't, you don't, uh, you don't see him. You just see heads.
1: How big is this porthole? You could reasonably get through it. I'm getting through it. Yeah, you you could do it. Okay. Just make a stealth check for me, real quick. I, I don't think I'm being stealthy. Okay, you just plop, flop through. Yeah, I, I'm. Just, I have to make sure he's okay.
3: Yeah, you do that, and and actually, you kind of like weave your way through the legs to get your way up there. He he didn't get up. Uh, okay. Uh, what, what what what's the cleric doing? The cleric has moved over to him, but it doesn't look like there's anything he can do. <sighs> And, and it looks like he and the uh, the acolytes are beginning to carry the body away um, although the crowd obviously is like react but it looks like the deep gnome is up on the ring and getting ready to announce the next fight and it doesn't look like the staff or anybody cares they threw you out you know that, that looks like the extent of what they were gonna do
1: sure um, I'm, uh, I'm 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 uh, following the folks who are carrying the body out yeah I'm going to see what they do with it yeah
3: they take it. To the docks, uh, and you see the priest say a couple words, and they just... Eat. Uh,
1: okay. Uh, I'm. Uh, as soon as they turn their backs, uh, I'm going to dive in after it and bring it up onto the shore. It's not water; it's space. Oh fuck! Why did I think it was water?
2: <laughs> um, I was also imagining water. <laughs> <about that> <laughs> um.
1: So he's just kind of like floating away. Yeah, the
3: body is kind of bobbing in the gravity plane, but it is very quickly extending out away from the docks, which it it will eventually reach the edge of the gravity plane where it'll just then float off into space. Uh, I'm diving. You're standing there and you're like kind of contemplating doing this kind of like, okay, if I get enough of a running start, I can get it out there. Not really worrying about anything beyond that. You see out of the corner of your eye, there's a figure standing there. Okay, I look over. It is the Three Cream. Oh. Chuck Two.
1: Yeah, uh, like I I think I have my burglar's pack open and I'm like rifling through it and trying to figure out if there's any way I can like throw a rope out and then I kind of like do a double take at this thing and I say, uh, uh, uh what, what that, what's happening? What is this? His mandibles click and you hear in your head,
3: a commendable effort, I would say. I couldn't, I couldn't do it. But we got a very good look at your strategies and tactics. There is room for improvement, to be sure. Shut up. But uh, the I'm, suzerain is still very impressed. With shut your the
1: fuck up! I'm putting a python into the ground. I'm wrapping my 50 feet of hemp and rope around it. I'm wrapping the other part of the rope around myself, and I'm jumping into the gravity well. Okay. So you, you have your 50 feet of rope onto the pipe
3: and, and the three creen is just talking and, and you just you say shut up and jump and he doesn't even really react. Uh, your momentum carries you out along the gravity plane. You bob slightly. You reach the end of your 50 foot of rope and the body is still already another 30, 40 feet away.
1: Okay. Um, it tugs and... Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, uh, uh, I think he just like... The th- is the three crane still talking no he stopped okay he finished what he was saying and stopped
3: <laughs> it was in your mind anyway
1: like, yeah 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 but he's standing uh, there watching yeah I, I think uh, I think Luckbeak tugs himself back in um, and pulls the python out of the ground and tucks everything neatly back into his burglar's pack and then he says all right what's next ProjectDerail.com